going to talk to you today about pursuing God's wisdom. I began to read this month um, devotional times out of the book of Proverbs, um, and I'm, as some of you have done before and um, others may be doing now, you read a Proverbs or a Psalms based upon the, the date of the calendar. So today would be my meditation upon uh, Proverbs chapter 10. But I read through Proverbs 2, which we're going to share as our text, and it led me to ask some challenging questions for my life about what I am pursuing Where's, where is uh, my passion and desires directed for me in my life? And I'm going to share it with you this morning in one sense to encourage us uh, to think about Sunday school being a part and a mechanism for which we can join together to pursue the Lord and, and uplifting that, but also to reflect on individually and to think, am I actively pursuing God and His ways in my life? Or am I rather passive about it? Passive would means maybe you show up at places where, you know, there's religious things happening and you just kind of, maybe kind of glean stuff that, that comes your way, maybe listening to the radio um, occasionally. Or you, are you actively seeking the Lord in His ways? So that, that gave me pause this week to think about my life, my routine, my actions, and what I'm doing, and the privilege and the honor that we have to do that. Uh, we have a God who has made himself available to us. And then thinking about wisdom, as it talks about it in the, in the book of Proverbs. So let's begin this morning by looking at Proverbs 2 and listening for the hypothetical statements which provide the points for us to consider today. The writer says this, My son, if you, if, if you accept my words... This is an if-then statement, right? The if is the hypothesis. This is the part, the condition, which has to come first before the conclusion. If, this is a part of our logic, our thinking, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and, he continues with the hypothesis, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and again, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure. I read that and I said, oh my goodness. Am I, is that, is that describing my life? If someone would look at the life of Mark Moodler and they would say, oh man, that, you're doing that. Would they see that in my life? We'll get into those action words in just a minute. But the text says, if these things happen, and then, we, and then we came into the conclusion, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, which Proverbs says is what? Is the beginning of wisdom. Then you understand it. Then only happens after the if. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and you will find the knowledge of God. And verse 6 is a declaration of truth. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So the points of the sermon this morning are the pursuit, thinking about the pursuit, thinking about our, pass, our active lives and moving away from being passive in our faith, and then talking about the wisdom. The pursuit, what do we go after? What are the things that you're going after? What do you pursue? 
right? This first phrase, I'm just going to look at the phrase that they, they gave us. First, accept my words. This is the plea of caring parents, isn't it, right? Just listen to what I have to tell you. Please, just listen. I, I'm giving you good things to protect you, to pro provide guidelines in your life. Just listen to me, right? Every teacher of students wants their students to accept what I have to offer. In accepting what we have to offer, there's a trust factor, is there not? You don't trust the teacher. You don't trust that your parents know anything about driving, even though they've driven for 30 or 40 years. And you say, what do you know about driving on these back roads? Huh. Right? So accepting the words from the authority. Accept the words. Accept the words of God. We just worked on this with the series that we talked about, the word of God. We talked about the God's word being useful for teaching and rebuking and training in righteousness so that the body may be built up. This is the first step for teachers and their students is establishing trust and being knowledgeable about the content that you're trying to disperse. Accept my words. On the receiving end, there is an action here that is huge. Much of the world, many of the world, do not accept God as the authority. And they will not accept His words as teaching. There are some even in the church who don't accept the words of God as an authority. Accept my words, the text says. The second action thing for us is to store up God's commands within us. Store up my commands. Sometimes I think my brain has a big, uh, the, the, the holes on my sieve and my, my head and my brain are too big. Things come out too easily, right? Things that I've read and, and looked over and read through, like, oh, I don't remember that. What do I remember? What do you remember about your parents' commands, right? What did your parents tell you to do? Store up my commands, right? Close the door. Don't let the cold air in. The air conditioning's on. Please shut the door. Right? Make sure you check your fuel levels before you go. What do you remember about the commands of your parents? What will my kids remember from me? Turn the lights out when you leave the room. Right? Dad told us that over and over again. Turn, store up my commands within you. Let me ask you this way. What commands? What comes to mind when I say, tell me the command of God that's nearest to your heart? Love one another. As I have loved you, Jesus says. A new command I give you. Love each other as I have loved you. Right? Some people said, honor your parents is a command of God, right? If you can't think of any, think of the ones that Jesus summarized the New Testament with what to? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, right? And love your neighbor as yourself. And then he added a third one in there. It says, a new command I give you, love each other. What commands have we stored up within us in our pursuit of God Psalm 119.11 says this. The psalmist declares, I've hidden your word in my heart. I've put it in there so I can recall it for a reason that I may not sin against you. Store up my commands. I have to work harder. I have to work hard at this because if I don't 
recall it or use it, it tends to leave my mind. I don't know how you are or how you're doing. Some of you are younger than me. I think the younger you are, the easier it is to commit things to memory, right? The older I get, I think there's less capacity to do that. I don't know if I can pull out any scientific information to support that or not, but that's just my experience. I have to work harder at remembering and recalling. The more I use something, the more that I am familiar with it and can reuse it, it becomes a part of me. So reading the commands over and saying them or writing them puts them apart of it. This is an active part of pursuing God that we're suggested to do, to go after. Remember, we're going after God's wisdom and His knowledge. What else does He say? What other active things? It says, turn, turn your ear to wisdom. Turn your ear to wisdom. There's a lot of things you can listen to and watch. A lot. We have tons of options. There's a, if you have a, a, a television set in your home or a radio, right, you're already been listening with, there's hundreds or, or maybe even thousands of options for you to put in. CD players. We can take music with us. We can listen to it when we walk and exercise. What are you turning your ear to? This says, turn your ear to wisdom. And then it says, apply your heart to understanding. Don't just listen. You got to think about it. Applying it to my heart means, what does that mean? How does it affect my life? Asking those kind of questions. Now, as I worked on this and I thought about this, I don't want this message to come across. If you simply read the Bible, if you simply go after God's commands and store them up and you can recite them, then your life will be golden. That's the answer. No. You're going to have troubles and strifes. You're going to have situations that come up that are hard and really leave you scratching your head and asking, God, what's going on? What are you doing? Well, there's room for this in our pursuit of God. Verse 3 says, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, it may not take away the trial, but it may give you the perception of and the answers to what you're looking for. This allows us to pray and to go after our relationship with God saying, God, help me, I need you. Even as we sang, Spirit of God, move in my midst, move that I might know what's going on and I can walk through this. Scripture tells us in Isaiah that when you go through the fire and pass through the waters, I will not leave you, I will be there with you. Talking to, to Israel, he says, you are special. I created and formed you. I've redeemed you with men, God says to Israel. And we know that's true for us in Jesus Christ. So you're pursuing God also to cry out for insight and to cry aloud for understanding. I asked myself this week, is this me? Is this describing my life? And then the next two lines really kind of pressed into me and squeezed me when it says this. Conditional. If you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. In the land of affluence, we don't pursue things like that so much, do we? We pretty much have all that we need. But what if there were silver in your backyard? You haven't discovered it yet. Would you hire an excavator? Would you begin to dig? There's hidden treasure on your property. Guaranteed. There is hidden treasure on your property. It's guaranteed. The hidden treasure is the wisdom of God. Will you search for it 
with all your heart and your mind. I'm like, am I searching God like it's hidden treasure? Am I going after it like this is the thing that's most valuable to me in my life? Listen to the words from Proverbs 3, 14 and 15, just the next chapter. It says, wisdom is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. That's spoken like someone who has discovered it and found it and wants his son and children to know that and to experience it. Search for it as hidden treasure. This is an active thing. This is not passive. I'm not passively finding great discoveries in my backyard. I'm not finding that buried treasure by sitting around. I'm going after it. I'm looking for it. I'm turning pages. I'm praying. I'm crying out for it. A fundamental part of pursuing wisdom is having the humility to exclaim this. Uh, what do I know of God's glory? What do I know of the mind of God? Even those of you that are older than me, with respect, I say, you've been hearing messages about God all your life and from pastors who are more qualified than me to preach his word and bring it to you, Sunday schools and Bible studies forever. But we can't exhaust the knowledge of God that's available. You won't reach the end. You keep pursuing and hungering and learning and seeing how it plays out in your life. Proverbs 3.19 says, By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge the deeps were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. Oh, to understand our God. So part of our approach and our pursuit is humility. We talked about this when we talked about it in James. He says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble right? This is the attitude of Job. And if you look into, into Job chapter 42, there's a great encounter between, with Job who's going through a horrible thing in his life. He's losing his children, his property. His wife says, why don't you just curse God and leave him? He doesn't. And his friends give him all this advice. And, and Job thinks he's doing all right in his life. But at the end, God speaks to Job. And then after that, Job reacts I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, O oh God, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. And Job repented. In that repentance, he was gaining and stepping into God's wisdom. Isn't it good that we can pursue God in this day and age we live in in many different ways, right? I'm grateful that I can have a, a phone that I can plug in and I can listen to podcasts or I can go on a run and listen to my downloaded music or a speaker or I can drive in my car and I can listen on the radio to, to people engaging God's word. Pursuing wisdom in a lot of ways. There's a lot of good options out there for you to pursue God. Explore it. Check it out. God can speak to you in a, in a variety of ways. One of them being Sunday school. Come and participate. 
I thought this week of why we don't come to Sunday school. Um, some of us don't, and that's a choice that you have to make, and, and uh, there's a survey there for you to say, maybe this is why I don't come. I would come if we would maybe talk about these things, or I need help here. You know, give us some input and feedback. Uh, we we want to be a dynamic ministry, meeting the needs of our people. And maybe people are thinking, well, I, 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 I don't want to know anymore. I don't want to sit. I don't want to uh, let it impinge on my schedule, my time. I don't know. Or maybe people are thinking, I won't learn anything there. Or I've got it all figured out. If you have it all figured out, come and be a part or be a teacher, right? But consider it anyway, that this time that we gather together might be an avenue for you to pursue God in a new and exciting way and meet new people who are going the same way you are. It's what we're trying to do with our children's uh, curriculum. The curriculum is teaching God's big story, helping students understand the cohesiveness of scriptures, how it's connected, and, and they sing the big picture, and how it points to Jesus, even from the Old Testament. Pursue. I'm not telling you this to put a burden on you. I'm telling you this because I think this is an invitation for us to grow in faith, pursuing God. And you're thinking, I'm too tired. I am too tired. I just can't add anything else to my day. Well, there's, a, there's a sense of priority, even in my life, where I need to do this. We have to prioritize our pursuit of God so that we can successfully walk and follow Jesus. I don't want you to work harder. I want you to work differently. I know you've got jobs to do, and, and you work hard hours, and you're out there doing that. But our primary calling is to know God and to follow Him. So I'm inviting you to consider your pursuit after God. Let's talk a little bit about the wisdom that's mentioned in this chapter, the wisdom that's there. The introduction of Proverbs in, in chapter 1, 1 to 6, indicates that these statements are written for the attainment of wisdom. He puts down statements for his children and, and, and son to know wisdom. Wisdom is... Uh, stated rather simply as the ability to see things in life from God's perspective and making choices in your life which reflect this. That's wisdom. Recognizing God in life because God is the orchestrator of all life and then making decisions which reflect that. We sometimes use the word wise for someone who just knows a lot of stuff, right? This is a wise person. You should listen to them. But we should preface wisdom say, is this biblical wisdom? If it's biblical wisdom, then it recognizes God. And he's able to make decisions which reflect the character of God in those decisions. Another definition of wisdom, which is really combines it with how we worship, uh, worshiping in spirit and in truth. Wisdom enables and encourages us to act life in life-enhancing ways that are fully in accord with the teachings of Jesus. Right? I want to live out a life of wisdom. And make choices that are life-enhancing, not detrimental to myself or to anyone else in my family, and encouraging others to do that. Life-enhancing, following the teachings of Jesus. Sometimes to understand what wisdom is, you look at the, the opposite of that. And Paul does that in Romans chapter 1. He says, this is describing the people of the world in Romans chapter 1. 21 and 22, he says, for, for although they knew God, 
They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of God, the glory of the immortal God, for images made to look like mortal men and birds and animals and reptiles. And Paul was discouraged by that, that thing that was happening in the church, exchanging the glory of the immortal God for temporary things. And we can get caught in that, in those pursuits. But here's the good news in verse 6 of chapter 2. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Thank you, Lord. I read that, and I said, oh, there's hope. There's, there's, there's hope for us that we can actually attain with the wisdom of this. We can pursue God and his thoughts as we navigate this life and represent him to the world. You know, so when we go and we climb the mountain and we play in those great, awesome rock structures that are up there on the top of the mountain, we say, oh, man, God has a great creation. Thank you, God, that I can enjoy this and find pleasure in the things that you made. That's a wise reaction to that climb on that mountain. Or we can, as we play or relax on the shore of a vast ocean. How many of you have been to the shore of an ocean? The Atlantic or Pacific or other. Most of us have. You stand there and you look at all this water and the waves that come after one another. And the power of the waves, if you venture out into those waters, you can't help but think, the biblical wisdom would be, God is a powerful creator. How big is he that he could do this? And how small am I? When winds that reach over 100 miles per hour come bearing down on the city or town which you live, wisdom teaches us to call out for protection and seek cover and to humbly look to God for protection and to look to God confessing that he's in control. God's wisdom. God's wisdom can invade all of your lives all of our lives, and the aspects that's in it. God speaks to these things. When life happens to you or me, do we have wisdom to see things from God's point of view and to seek life-enhancing decisions? That's why we read the Bible. We look at stories of men and women and children throughout history that have attempted this, to follow God and to see how it plays out and happens. What can we learn? How does it apply to our lives? And we look at men and women who didn't care and they just chafed after whatever they wanted to. And we looked at what happened to them. Our own testimonies shared in the context of community can also teach about wisdom. Whatever your situation is, whatever you're going through, God can speak into that and to help you through that. And to guide you. With Joanne's situation, we're, we're praying. We're praying for Joanne to heal. For those that are facing life-threatening, life-ending things in their life, whether it's cancer or it's a flood, when we look into the promises of God, we can still have peace in that moment because the wisdom of God says that life doesn't end here. And death's not the end for those who believe. And it changes the way we can encounter life and go about it when we pursue Him. Sometimes life brings us trials and struggles for our faith to go to the next level because we pursue 
at a different level? What if we learn to pursue ahead of the trial? It become our nature to say, I want to go after that because I believe there's good things there. Proverbs 2 says this, if we pursue, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. One of our goals at Coventry is to encourage godly living from everyone that's here and attending so that God's wisdom is on display and we can live fruitful lives, peaceful lives, contented lives. I praise God for your testimony when that's happening in your life. Even if there is a struggle or a trial going on, when this happens, God's glory is on display all around for the world to see. It's exciting to be a part of that with you all. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your people, your church who is here, who is gathered to hear these, uh, this proverb, Lord. Thank you. And Lord, forgive us for not treating your thoughts and our relationship with you as if it were silver and gold. But I was reminded this week that you are a good, loving, and gracious father. That even when we as children kind of disregard you or don't think about you, your love for us doesn't change. Your love for us is deep and wide and high and long and far and wide, and it cannot be exhausted. And yet you simply call, come, come to me, my child. Let me teach you more. Let me help you find peace in this storm. Let me give you answers that will help you and your family. And Lord, for that, we thank you and we praise you. For you are an awesome God. Thank you for being who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.